the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. We have entered into a great season for praising and worshiping the Lord. Wouldn't you agree? Well, let's begin with prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. Lord, we lift up your name and we ask that you draw people to you, Lord. Draw all men to you. Well, we, we bless you. We thank you for the time we've had this past week. We're thanking you for what, we're, what is going to happen this week. We are just thankful. And we bless you. We pray that the radio program will bless hearts and minds as we bring forth your word in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, a few things going on. We uh, have had a lot of people asking for our Counting the Omer uh, 50-Day Devotional book, uh, which we have sent out, but we also now have a link to it. so you can get it on your computer. Uh, If you'd like to do that, uh, that would be great. It's a 50-day devotional book starting last Sunday. But uh, you can make up the time, so uh, feel free to call Karen at 813-831-5673. And it's a great season for you and your church to participate with us. Uh, Rabbi Ron Goldberg would love to come to your church and give a Passover demonstration or speak about the Spring Feast or teach on how to share the Messiah with Jewish people. Let us bless your church with some of our teachings. Amen? So call Karen, right? And also, May 5th, we're hoping that you and your churches will come out and support this event called March of Remembrance It's Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. We are leaving on our march uh, from from the Florida Holocaust Museum in St. Pete. We're walking to the water. We're having a short service and then walking back. We'll have inspirational speakers. Hopefully you'll have signs that says never forget and 
do not remain silent and and look, we need to pray for not only Israel and the Jewish people, we need to pray for our world. The, the stuff that's going on, the, the hatred, the, the lack of civility, uh, from the smallest to the largest things, we need to be praying together, and we need to alert uh, uh, the city that doesn't necessarily come into a place of a house of worship that people are still doing this and desiring for others to do it. So come out, would you? That's May 5th. By the way, that's my birthday. (laughs) So you can come and celebrate my birthday as well, right? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Love to have you. If you need flyers, call Karen. We'd love for you to pass out flyers, but especially to bring you and your church. That would be amazing. And certainly if you want to Give us a gift to help us stay on the radio. That would be a blessing as well. Again, call Karen at 813-831-5673, or you can go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. Well, we have a short review. We're looking at God's appointed times that he gave to Israel, and I believe he um, it, they should be celebrated by everybody, Right. These appointed times are not just about agriculture. Rather, they're an outline and a summary of the entire redemptive program from the death of Yeshua, the Messiah, to the fulfillment of the Messianic kingdom. And these feasts are divided into two sections. The first four deal with the first coming of Messiah. Uh, They've been fulfilled. And they're the spring feasts, the last three, the fall feasts, uh, signaling the second coming of Messiah in order for him to establish his kingdom and fulfill his covenant promises. So um, we are excited about this time. The revelation of Scripture, you know, is progressive. And not only um, is is it progressive, you know, what that means really is that— the disciples did not really understand God's redemptive program in uh, in Leviticus 23, in the holy days, in the appointed times, until they realized uh, about Messiah having come, died, was buried, rose again, again. Then I think it began to make some sense. And as they didn't understand uh, what would happen, we— are because we see the fall feast and we've seen what's happening in the spring feast, we have an inkling of what's going to be happening. But we'll talk about that more in the fall. Today we're going to finish up Passover and then hopefully we'll get to first fruits, Yom Habikurim, right? Okay. Let's look at some of the traditions that are not necessarily biblical, that are done at the Seder by all Jewish. Uh, at, at all Jewish seders, yet they're meaningful uh, to us as Bible believers. Now, the first five I'm not going to explain because they were done last week, so you need to go to that program if you want to get a little more details about it. We dis- defined Seder and Haggadah. We talked about removing the chametz, which is the leaven from our houses, and also removing the chametz, which is the leaven from our hearts, right? Uh, number five, we talked about the four uh, cups of wine, um, the cup of sanctification, deliverance, redemption, and praise. 
And that's sort of where we left off last week. So let's talk about now the washing of hands. At almost every Seder throughout the world, there is something, uh, a time where they wash hands. And it reminds us of that time in the Seder that Yeshua washed his disciples' feet in John thirteen twelve through 17. In fact, I think he used that particular time that was traditional to do something much bigger. So we read in verse 12, So after he had washed their feet and put his robe back on and reclined again, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly you say, for I am. So if I, your master and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash others, each other's feet. I have given you an example. You should do for each other what I have done for you. Amen. I tell you, a servant isn't greater than his master, and the one who is sent isn't greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. All right, so here Messiah, again, is expanding what the Jewish people already did and understood, the law and their traditions. And he teaches us on humility and servanthood through the washing of the feet. Now, another thing that is done in all the seders is the breaking of the middle matzah. Now, this is a mystery as to why it is done in the traditional Jewish seder, for people who don't know Yeshua. But listen to what happens. There are three pieces of matzah kept in a white cloth or linen bag called a matzatash. And this bag has three compartments, so they're separate, uh, with three separate pieces of matzah. And if it's ever explained, generally the they say the top piece represents the priest, the second priest, the Levites, uh, piece and the third piece represents Israel. So the leader takes the middle matzah and breaks it in two, right? Okay, you get this? He then puts the smaller piece back between the other two pieces and wraps the larger piece in a separate linen cloth. This separate piece is called an afikomen, which means following the meal um, and, and, uh, it actually also means that which is to come after. Um, and the afikomen will be hidden until after the meal. Then following the meal, the children look for it. The child who finds it will bring it to the leader who redeems it for a price. It is then broken and must be shared by all in order to finish the Seder. Sound familiar? Does this sound like what happened to Yeshua? And we know that Yeshua must be received by all in order to have everlasting life. And he is that middle matzah. He is the afikomen. He is that which comes after. What an incredible picture. And it just goes right over the head of most Jewish people. Traditionally, the afikomen, the middle piece, is eaten at the same time as the third cup of wine, which is the cup of redemption. That's amazing, too. So the the thing that we call the Lord's Supper, you might call it communion, is part of the Seder 
with the middle matzah, which is all about Yeshua being broken for us, right? And the third cup of wine, which is the cup of redemption. Luke twenty two nineteen records it this way. And when he had taken matzah and offered the blessing, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in memory of me. Remember, these are all about remembering all these holy days. Then Matthew 26, 27, and 28, he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the removal of sins. Now, you can say, well, why did he say many instead of all? Well, the fact he did it for all, but only many would receive it. Only many would trust him. And so only many had their sins removed. And after the Lord's Supper in, in these regular Jewish seders, um, we partake in the fourth cup, which brings us to praise and blessing the Lord. And we would sing songs from Hallel Psalms, Psalm 113 to 118, that's traditional. What a great way to end the Seder. So these are just some of the exciting parts of the Passover Seder. There are more, but you know, we don't have time for all of this. So, But it, all of this shows us the faithfulness and the purposes of God. I, I, I pray that this really excites you. Now, many of you might wonder about the timing of the last week. I really don't like to get into those arguments about what happened the last week of Yeshua. So I'm going to give you my opinion, but I'm not going to explain it all, because that would take probably one to two um, time, uh, radio programs just to explain why I believe what I believe. But here it is. I believe Yeshua's Seder was Wednesday evening, the 14th of Nisan. That night, he was also arrested. On Thursday, the Passover lambs were killed, uh, still the 14th day of Nisan and Yeshua was crucified and buried. Now, that's right. You see, because the Wednesday evening and Thursday in the Jewish calendar are the same day. Remember, the day starts the evening and ends the next evening, and that's why all of that happened in one day, from the evening of Wednesday to the evening of Thursday. So Thursday... um, the 15th of Nisan was a high Sabbath. It was the day after Passover. Friday evening began the Sabbath and was the 16th of Nisan, and that, of course, includes Saturday. Then Saturday night after the Sabbath, um, that's the 17th of Nisan, There, or either there or early Sunday morning, Yeshua was resurrected. Now, in Messianic Judaism, we celebrate Yeshua's resurrection on the holy day found in Leviticus 23 of Yom HaBikurim, which is always at the same time of the year after Passover. It's called the Feast of First Fruits. But it's not always celebrated on a Sunday. 
these holy days are based on the Hebrew calendar. And so next year, as an example, the Feast of First Fruits falls on a Saturday. And so that would change the whole uh, days, the number of days, not the number of days, but the actual days that we start this last week from. Now, the theme of this day, Yom HaBikurim, is the first harvest of the year. On this day, the first day after the Sabbath, Yeshua rose from the dead. It is the holy day preordained in the Torah to point to the resurrection of the Lord. So in Exodus 23, 19, it says, Bring the first fruits of the land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, look, you can see this just, again, as land, or you can see this spiritually, too. Uh, Yeshua's resurrection was the beginning or the first fruit of the harvest of all mankind. Those who belong to Mashiach or Messiah will be resurrected unto life at his coming. And so we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 20. And look, there is proof about the resurrection. You know, people ask, well, is there proof? Well, in Acts 1, 3, it says, to them, meaning many of the his followers, he showed himself to be alive after his suffering through many convincing proofs appearing to them for 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Another scripture that is a proof is 1 Corinthians 15, 6, which actually talks about 500 people witnessed Yeshua after his resurrection. Another scripture is where it talks about Thomas and how he checked out Yeshua's wounds. And resurrection was not something that was unfamiliar to the Jewish people. If you remember correctly, Yeshua is not the first to be raised from the dead. Two boys during the times of Elijah and Elisha were raised. Um, Yeshua raised the 12-year-old girl and the widow's son and Lazarus. However, Yeshua was the first to return in his resurrection body, never to die again. Amen? Okay, you got to give me a louder amen on that one. Okay. <laughs> Didn't hear you. <laughs> resurrection was a term that was understood by Jewish people. Pharisees believed in the resurrection. Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. So, you know, like usual, there are two groups or many groups in Judaism that believe many different things. But we see as an example in Scripture, Daniel 12, 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. I would say that would be pretty clear, wouldn't you? How about this? Isaiah 26, verse 19. Yet it will be, your dead will live. My corpses will rise. Awake and shout for joy, you who dwell in the dust. Your dew is like the dew of the dawn. The land of dead souls will come to life. Amen? 
Okay. And then we see John in, in the book of Yochanan, the book of John 11, 24 to 26. Martha, a good Jewish girl, says to Yeshua, I know about Lazarus. I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so, you know, this was not hard for Jewish people because they already understood the concept of resurrection. In 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and God of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, In his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua from the dead. Another example of of this. And, And resurrection should give us tremendous hope. Of what? Well, first of all, eternal life. Secondly, that Yeshua is the Messiah and Lord. Uh, that um, no, look, if there was no resurrection, our belief means nothing. In fact, Scripture even tells you this. In 1 Corinthians 15, it it speaks about this in uh, chapter 15, verse 14. It says, if Messiah has not been raised, then our proclaiming is meaningless, and your faith also is meaningless. Well, that couldn't be clear, right? (laughs) Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says, My aim is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, if somehow I might arrive at the resurrection from among the dead. Look, Paul's desire was to know the power of Yeshua's resurrection. He was not as interested in knowing the facts but rather he wanted to have Yeshua's power, which was in the resurrection, personally, in his own life. He wanted to experience the saving power of the resurrection as it brought him salvation, as it brought others salvation. So figuring out exactly what happened that last week was not as important to him as he wants to celebrate the power of Yeshua's resurrection and how through it our lives have been transformed, right? By God's abundance for us, God's gift of the Holy Spirit to help us navigate this life with God's power, wisdom, and anointing, and God's gift of eternal life. Well, at this time, I have to end because I'm out of time, but let me just mention again that we'd love to get your church to participate with us. Uh, call Karen, and she can set up teaching um, at the church, um, 813-831-5673. Uh, she can also send you the link for the Counting of the Omer or the actual booklet, um, which uh, is a 50-day devotional. And she can also give you more information about May 5th. Oh, boy, do we really want you to join us there for the March of Remembrance. This is a time where we show St. Pete who we are and what we believe and that we support not only Israel and the Jewish people, but we support the world not being in in turmoil and, and 
coming against genocide and, and that we won't remain silent, that uh, we will motivate people to pray for America and for Israel and for the entire world. So come, please, everyone who stands for human rights, especially those from the Jewish and church communities, is invited to attend. Let us all declare with one voice, never forget. Well, call Karen, 813-831-5673. I pray that God has touched your heart and that you would grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.